rattle, whatever this is. Uh, we've been in Luke for like two years. Obviously, the, uh, Outward Silverton hasn't existed for that long, but Outward Salem, we started the book of Luke, I don't know, yeah, several years. I actually don't know what the time frame is. And we're coming to the conclusion today. And it's kind of funny, Audrey got off easy, we only have like four verses to, to get through today. But I don't know, like, did Luke, was Luke running out of ink or like running out of paper? It seems like kind of an abrupt ending to kind of like this epic finish to Jesus' ministry in his life. He's like floating off into space and all Luke can muster is like a couple of verses uh, to get us, to get us the, the conclusion. So anyways, let's, um, let's pick it up. This is insane. I, I have way too bad of ADHD to be able to keep my focus through this. All right, cool, thanks, Jesus. Wow, that was intense. I'm sure it'll be back. Okay, hey, I don't know if you heard a word I just said. <laughs> okay, so uh, a couple of things stood out to me in this, uh, in this section. In these four verses, uh, we've got a blessing and we've got great joy. Jesus takes him out to Bethany, Bethany towards the Mount of Olives. This is close to the Garden of Gethsemane where his suffering began. If you remember, we talked about this a few months ago where he was sweating blood, just visualizing what was coming. Uh, he takes him out to this, to this mountain. He uh, gives them a blessing. He lifts his hands. He blesses them. And as he's blessing them, he floats into the sky. All right, and then, uh, and then the disciples, the followers of Jesus, they go back to Jerusalem worshiping God with great joy, worshiping Jesus with great joy, and they continually bless God in the temple. So a couple of things stood out to me. There's not much in this section, but the blessing and the great joy. And I, I think it's really simple. Like the, the disciples were still in crisis. The Jews are still coming after them. They still, they still are going to potentially risk their lives by following Jesus. But even in the midst of crisis, even with their Savior leaving, not for the first time, but for the second time he's leaving, I, I bet you they were like, oh, you're leaving again? Like they saw him die on the cross. They were devastated. Now he's leaving again. I bet you they're like, ah, you're not going to fool us a second time, Jesus. I know you're going to be back. You did this last time. But it's going to be a while, though, before he comes back, but... The disciples are still in crisis, but somehow they manage to have great joy. So they, they received this blessing from Jesus, and then they received great joy. Simple as that. Receive the blessing, receive great joy. If you don't receive the blessing, you won't receive great joy. It's kind of like that Pink Floyd song. You guys remember Pink Floyd? Like anybody under the age of 40 may not. Josh, you're under 40. You know it. Okay. That, uh, I've been listening to a bunch of old music from my childhood recently. I was just listening to Tom Petty, right? This is not an endorsement for Tom Petty, just to be clear. It's as non-Christian as you can get. But I was loving it. It took me right back to my childhood. And same with Pink Floyd. The Pink Floyd, this song, uh, Another Brick in the Wall, part two or something. We don't need no education. Ba-da, you guys remember that song? It's so good. I feel like we should play it at the end of the service just because I said how great it is. But at the end, it has this bizarre 
You guys know what I'm talking about. This bizarre ending where somebody's screaming. I had to write it down so I won't mess it up. It's a, this guy starts screaming at the end of it. If you don't eat your meat, you can't have any pudding. How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? If you don't know the song, you think I'm completely out, out to lunch. But this, if you don't receive the blessing, you won't receive any joy. It's that simple. If your life is not marked by great joy, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you may not have received the blessing. How can you have any joy if you don't receive the blessing? And how, is it all that unusual? We, our lives might not be marked with great joy right now. We've got like crisis after crisis coming at us at like warp speed. Information is coming at us at warp speed. We're trying to navigate, I don't know, it was COVID? I mean, just in the last couple of years. It was COVID, and then it was an election, and then it was, it, it, it is Ukraine, and it's inflation, Will Smith. <laughs> Not a, like a major crisis, but um, pretty insane, though. We have this stuff coming at us, and we're looking to the experts to help us navigate Right, I gotta find what's, uh, what are we gonna do? So we turn on the news or we open our phones or we, we go to YouTube or podcasts or whatever and we're looking for them to guide us. Is it any confusion that we, that we wouldn't have joy? That we might, our lives might be marked instead of joy with confusion, with frustration and with outrage? That's what, they, that's what the news wants. They don't want to give you joy. That's what social media wants. They don't want to give you joy. They don't want to tell you it's okay. They want to rile you up. So you come back tomorrow and you, and you check out what's the latest in Ukraine. What's the latest with COVID? Okay, so we've got to look at where we're receiving the blessing. Where are we looking? Like Jesus is the ascended king. Like, a, like an Olympian takes his place or her place on the podium ascends to the podium with this great victory. This is Jesus. He's the king. He's taken his place at the right hand of God. That's his place. He's got incredible victory. That's our king. Not these other wackos. We can't look to them for the blessing. We got to look to the king for the blessing or else our lives are going to be marked with confusion, frustration, and outrage. Okay. So we got a couple things, the blessing and, and great joy. I want to talk about the blessing. What's the blessing for and what is the blessing is what we're going to start with. Luke doesn't make it abundantly clear what the blessing is. Like I told you, he's a little short on details. So in my search, I was trying to find out what's the blessing, what's the blessing. I want to know what Jesus said to these guys to, to turn their crisis into like this, this time of great joy. I stumbled onto Ephesians 4. And Ephesians 4 talks about the ascension. Ephesians 4, you got to know, is like a hallmark passage for us. Matt Porter started outward based on Ephesians. We spoke about Ephesians recently as we planted outward Silverton. We felt like Ephesians 4 is our our thing. It's our chapter to, to equip the saints for ministry. Like, that's what we're doing. You guys are the saints. We're trying to equip you guys for ministry. Okay, and it has to do with the ascension. Let me read a little bit. We're going to go to Ephesians 4, uh, verse 8. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, 
he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. So did you catch that? When he ascended on high, this is what Paul, Paul's actually quoting Psalms here. He ascended on high. We're talking about the ascended Jesus. He gave gifts to men. So the blessing has something to do with gifts for men. And my, my Bible has a note. The Greek word anthropoi can refer to both men and women. So you guys are included, obviously. He gave gifts to men and women. So what are the gifts? Well, let's skip to verse 11 and let's figure this out. Ephesians 4, 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Okay, so let's just like, let's check in here for a second before we keep reading. The blessing is for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, that's us, that's the church, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the, again, let me, let me take a second before I finish. The blessing is for the work of ministry to build up the church to reach maturity in the faith. And this is, this is big. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Now let me paraphrase that. The blessing is for the work of the ministry to build up the church so we would mature in our faith so that we wouldn't be pushed around by human cunning and deceitful schemes. Human cunning and deceitful schemes. What is that? That's the political, that's the social, and that's the cultural shifts in the world. Human cunning and deceitful schemes. That's not, cunning is not a word I use regularly. I think it's bias. It's bias and it's schemes. B and S. And if you shorten it, we could just call it BS. That's what we're being pushed around by. Political, cultural, and social BS. Bias and schemes. And I can think of no better example. We're going to talk about politics now. Ready? You guys ready? Let's offend somebody. I can think of no better example than the liberal media and the conservative media. That's right. Oh, don't let it rain now. Come on, just, it's getting warmed up. Just about to offend someone. Liberal media, conservative media, and the conspiracy theories in between. That, I think, is what has the potential to push us around. The bias and the schemes that we have to weed through on a daily stinking basis. I was just talking to Nate about the speed at which these things are coming at us. It's insane. We've got, you know, the, if the phone is out, we got like bing, bing. We got notifications all day long about what's happening. And I don't know, 10 minutes later, that's, out of, that's uh, old news, and we got new stuff that's coming. So let's talk about the left, the right, and the, and the conspiracy theories in the middle. There's probably a Democrat in the room, right? I'm just kidding, there, there may be two. Liberal media, 
I mean, like, what, what does the liberal media do? They try to push stuff on us that's, they try to make things normal that are, that are not normal. They're trying to push things on us that are unbiblical. Unbelievable. They're trying to push on us the, the hot button issues, right? It's abortion, it's gay marriage, and it's gender dysphoria, I guess. And that's coming at us through the news. The NBC Nightly News was celebrating some kids that were um, choosing a different gender. This was actually a couple years ago. I mean, they're, they're subtly trying to, to make this normal. It's, it's in movies. It's in children's books. Now, my wife is finding as she goes to the library and sends me pictures of this stuff. It's everywhere. The liberal media is no joke. It's, it's true. That's, that's happening. That's part of the bias. That's part of the B and the S. How about, how about conservative media? What do we see from them? What kind of bias are they, are they doing? Conservative media, let's pick, let's pick a, uh, an issue. You know, when we talk about abortion, we talk about protecting those that can't protect themselves, the, the fetus. How about the immigrant? How about the immigrant that came, like walked thousands of miles with their family because the situation was so horrific in El Salvador, in Guatemala, in Honduras, wherever they're coming from, they come to our doorstep and they're begging for asylum. They're begging for help because they're, they're, they're so freaked out about the situation in their own country. In the conservative media, we turn a blind eye to those that can't protect themselves, but we would, but we would advocate for the unborn fetus. So conservatives have a bias. How about another issue? One issue that's coming is that now we're seeing conservative media, conservative influencers, let's say, raise politics to the same level as God, as religion. And we're seeing Christian nationalists that would hold these two things as equal. It's God and country. It's God and politics. That's dangerous to do that. That's dangerous. We only want to be as political as Jesus was. And how political was Jesus? Not very. Certainly took on political issues. He spoke truth. He didn't shy away from that. Spoke truth and love, I should say. But he was not endorsing the kings of the time. It seems like every time somebody brought up the kings of the, of the day, Jesus would start talking about the kingdom of God. He would change the subject to the, to the kingdom of God, how much more important that is. That is our stance here at Outward. This stage is for preaching the gospel, not to endorse a party, a, a, a political party, or a politician. That is dangerous. All you have to do is look back in history at how the church has fractured several times. You think back to the, Jew, the, the days of the Jews. What happened to the Jewish people? They combined God with politics. And they felt this power, this incredible power. It corrupted them. And then when someone came to threaten their power, what did they do? They crucified him. They crucified our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And guess what? The church fractured into Jewish religion and the Christian religion. Think 1,500 years later, what happens? We'll probably be okay, right? 
1,500 years later, Catholics did the same thing. They combined the gospel with political power, with financial power. And what happened? Now we got Catholics and we got Protestants. And it feels like we're headed down a similar path with evangelicals. Evangelicals now wield political power, don't we? Oh, let's band together. We can put who we want in office. That's what happened in 2016. It's a slippery slope, and we, we outward, wants to be really careful, wants to be really clear that you guys know where we stand. Christians can come in many forms, Republicans and Democrats, Americans and other countries. We are citizens of, of the kingdom of God first. We are Americans second. We just want to be crystal clear about that. And the conservatives, the conservative media, the con conservative uh, figureheads, if you want, have bias against that. We just had a church lead the rally at the, at the Volcano Stadium, if you saw that. A church stood on stage with Eric Trump and, and Michael Flynn. This is not a political rally, just to be clear. We want to stay away from that. We want to use this stage for the gospel. We will address issues as they come up, just like I was just doing, abortion, immigration, but we will not endorse and we will not be political. And that is just another example of us, the church in particular, being pushed around by the waves of doctrine, being pushed around by the B and the S. We can't do that. That's the, the left, the right, and then of course we got the conspiracy theories, right? Did we actually land on the moon or was that all staged? Was 9-11 an inside job? I mean, that, the QAnon stuff that, that came out? The Pizzagate, you guys remember Pizzagate, the conspiracy theory that the Democrats were abusing children in a pizza parlor and then some guy comes, shows up with a, with a shotgun or something trying to liberate the children? Like, the conspiracy theory stuff is crazy. It's wacky. And we need to be wise. We need to be prudent when we're looking at these things. I'm gonna get back to my notes. Maybe the rain will stop or the hail while I do this. Yeah. Everyone has bias. We, we just need to know that. Everyone has a, an agenda. Everyone's trying to benefit themselves. This is something that, that we need to keep in mind. We should be skeptical to some extent of almost everything we read, but I, but I don't mean you should put your head in the sand. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I don't, I don't think you should put your head in your sand and just pretend like I, I'm just going to stay away from it all. I, it's not possible these days. We've got to figure out. We have to make decisions. We have to find out what's going on. We have to buy homes and, and work and raise our children. We got to stay in tune with, with what's going on. That's what the blessing is for. Get back to our, our main point here. The blessing is for helping us weed through the B and the S. But what is the blessing? What is it? We just talked about what the blessing is for. What is it? 
Let's go back to Luke. Maybe we can find it again. Let's read it again. Let's see. Let's see if it, let's see if it shows up. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and carried up into heaven. Did you guys see anything? you guys catch anything? I'm going to read it one more time. Maybe, maybe this time we'll get it. I'll just read a little part. Lifting up his hands, he blessed them. You get it that time? You got it? He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Do you see what the blessing is? It's his hands. This is what he blessed them with. This is what he, this is what he showed them. What are his hands? It's a summary of his entire ministry. Right here. It's a sum total of everything we've worked through in Luke. It's his hands were the blessing. At least that's what Charles Spurgeon thinks. <laughs> and I think so too, man. His hands blessed a lot of people during his ministry. Worked miracles, healed people, doodled in the dirt while he's explaining the kingdom of God to his disciples and his followers. We're not told what he said. Maybe he didn't say anything. I, I don't know. Maybe he just looked a blessing on them. Spurgeon says he didn't have closed hands like he was carrying something for himself up into heaven, but he had open hands pointed at his followers as if to say, all I have, I give to you. My life, my death, my resurrection, my glory, and my incredible joy, I give it all to you. The blessing was for them. I don't know if you caught this too. I didn't. Lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted. This blessing, not these pathetic hands, but Jesus' hands, was for the believers, was for the disciples. Not for everybody. Not like the rain. The rain will fall on the believer's crops as well as the unbeliever's crops. That's a, a common blessing. But the blessing of his hands are only for his followers. Are, have you received the blessing? Have you received the blessing of forgiveness, of mercy, and of grace? If you have, praise God. If you haven't, Let's talk. I'll tell you as much as I can about this incredible blessing. How can we trust this blessing of Jesus in his, in his hands? Jesus doesn't need anything from us. I was talking about the, the influencers of the day. They're out. They, they need something. They want your vote. They want your power. They want your, your, your clicks. Does Jesus need that? Does he need your vote? Does he need your clicks? Does he need your money? Does he need your good works? He doesn't need anything from us, but he wants us. His bias is for us. And we can trust him because he gave it all for us. His hands are pierced to prove it to us. 
Isaiah 49, 16 says, Behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Our names, really small, are written on Christ's hands, his pierced hands. Isn't that epic? Ah, that's how we can trust him. Who does that for you? Who has done that for you? Has Rachel Maddow <laughs> done that for you? Has Ben Shapiro, has Joe Rogan done that for you? Has Fauci? <laughs> no. This is what we compare the, the news. This is what we compare the social media people to. This is what we compare the influencers to. We hold them up to the light. Take, you know, like you would take a hazy IPA or something, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, it's hazy. <laughs> I would have had a more descriptive word if I thought about this. Creamy, I don't know. Or a whiskey, you know? Oh, that's like super caramely and brown and it's, it's beautiful. Or, you know, a LaCroix maybe if you're not a drinker. I'm sure no one's drinking LaCroix, right? That stuff's terrible. We hold up these people to the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We hold everybody up to the light. We look at them with, with wisdom and we say, what is this person's bias? What is this person's scheme? What do they want from me? And then we take the good and we leave the rest. That's how we navigate the increasing speed at which information and, and bias and schemes are coming at us. We can trust Jesus because he gave everything for us. Because his pierced hands distribute blessing for us. His name is above all names because of that. Above all politicians, above all news anchors, above everyone. They no longer have the ability to push us around. We're no longer easily persuaded like children, is what that Ephesians 4 verse said. We're no longer tossed to and fro by, by the waves of political, cultural, and social change. We don't have to be subject to that anymore. When we receive the blessing, not only do we mature in our faith, but we also receive great joy. The last thing I want to talk about. We read this book uh, called Abiding in Christ at our staff meetings on, um, on Mondays as, as the church. We read a chapter in this devotional before we do a staff meeting, and it's so good. Andrew Murray, like Charles Spurgeon, is also an old dead guy from the 1800s. And his, his devotional like rocks my world. I have to read it like five times to understand it because it's so heady, but it's so good. And he just had this, this uh, chapter just this week uh, that was based on John 15, 11. These things I have spoken that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. I took some notes on this because I thought it was so good. The joy was his. My joy may be in you. This is the resurrection joy. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's the joy in the finished work 
of the cross. It's the joy in the souls redeemed by his work in the cross. And his joy is in us. His joy is our joy because his joy was our joy, if that makes any sense. We have joy in sorrow now, in the midst of sorrow. This is the, the paradoxical joy that Christians have that, that should make other non-Christians scratch their heads. Like This is what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6.10. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Christians have the supernatural ability to stand in the midst of a crisis with stability and be joyful no matter what's happening. Joy that remains despite being in crisis. Joy that repels crisis. Joy that overcomes crisis. And we have joy forever. Whether we look backward and we see the work that Jesus did on the cross. Whether we look upward and see Jesus as king taking his rightful place at the right hand of God on his kingly throne or we look forward to all the souls that will come to know Jesus and be saved and be redeemed and understand that his pierced hands was for them we get joy forever we get joy through prayer which was available and promised by Jesus himself in John 16 24 ask and you will receive that your joy may be full we have joy not fear what can what can this world do to us with, with Christ in us? The world can't touch us. Do your worst. We have joy, not fear now, when we see Jesus with his outstretched hands showing us the blessing. Joy is the reward for the believer. But why do we lack it? Why do so many of us lack it? Because we look for the blessing in the wrong spot. We look for the blessing to someone other than Jesus. Let me just ask you a, a question. Who are you listening to? Who is it that's on your list of people that you pay attention to? How much are you listening to them or watching them? Compare that with how much you're listening to Jesus. How much are you reading about Jesus? How much are you praying to Jesus? How much are you listening to the gospel being preached? You're at church, so that's a good sign. This is how we take note of who our king is, who we're trying to receive the blessing from. And I'm not trying to beat you up, okay? I always got time for the news, Unfortunately, I'm a little embarrassed to say, I don't always have time for Jesus. Is it any wonder that I would end up in confusion, frustration, and outrage occasionally? These are hard questions, but they need to be asked. They need to be asked of you personally. And I can't come and ask all of you individually, but take note of who you're listening to. Hold them up to the light. So I just want to make a final note. Some believe that Christians should be outraged. If you're not outraged, you're not paying attention as a Christian. That is B and S. 
Christians have joy. People that are outraged have forgotten the blessing and forgotten that they are to have joy. Just to be clear, we are not meant to be miserable. We are, we are meant to, to have joy. Jesus is joy and that our joy may be full. Don't be pushed around by the political, the cultural, the social shifts in the world. The gospel is above all that. Jesus is our king. He's ascended to his, to his throne. The blessing is for the work of maturing in Christ so that we will not be pushed around by these things. The blessing is the pierced hands of Jesus and the blessing leads to great joy. Let me close this in prayer. Father, we thank you again for the blessing, for sending your son. I love the gospel so much. It has affected me uh, in a profound way, and, and it has brought me so much joy. Uh, but I, like so many of us, forget that, forget the blessing, and then we don't receive the joy that we have access to. Father, I pray that you would remind us of this incredible blessing of your son, that you remind us of his hands that show it all, that, that summarize everything. Everything we need to know is right there in his hands. That you remind us that our names are engraved in his hands. That he, that he had these nails driven through his hands and then ultimately would die so that we would be blessed. Is there anything more trustworthy? Is there anything greater than that? God, I, uh, I pray that we would uh, evaluate who we're listening to, how much time we're spending listening to these people that are not preaching the gospel to us, and that we would make some changes based on that. We would evaluate it if we have joy in our life. We would do something about that. God, we love you. We love your son. We love your spirit. And we pray, uh, we, we ask that our joy may be full in you. I pray that for everyone here. It's in your name we pray. Amen.